Hello and welcome back to another episode of Quotes This Week presented by Live Law. I am your host Ostika Das and I am excited to take you through the most important legal developments from this week. In this episode, we are going to talk about the latest development in the Gyanwapi Mosque dispute, what the Supreme Court said about the viral video from Manipur depicting two women being paraded naked and assaulted, Rahul Gandhi's plea for stay on his conviction in the criminal defamation case, Tisa Setalwa's bail and more. Let's begin. The Varanasi District Court has allowed an application filed by Hindu worshippers seeking a scientific survey by the Archaeological Survey of India of the entire Gyanwapi Mosque premises except for the already sealed Wuzukhana in order to determine whether the mosque has been constructed over a pre-existing structure of a Hindu temple. The Court of District Judge A.K. Vishwesha passed this order in an application moved in May in a suit seeking all year round worshipping rights in the Gyanwapi Mosque compound. You may remember that in May, the Allahabad High Court has already directed the Archaeological Survey of India to conduct a scientific survey of the shivling that has allegedly been found inside the Wuzukhana or ablution pond of the mosque. While the Hindu worshippers claim that the structure is a shivling, the mosque committee has firmly maintained that it is a part of a fountain. A Delhi court has granted bail to BJP MP and former Wrestling Federation of India President Bridgebhushan Singh in the sexual harassment case filed by women wrestlers. The court said that while the allegations were serious, it was not the only test or factor to decide a bail application. Magistrate Harjit Singh Jaspal relied on the Supreme Court's decision in Sanjay Chandra versus CBI and said that when under trial prisoners are detained in jail, for an indefinite period, Article 21 of the Constitution is violated. He also said that at this stage, no purpose will be served by taking the accused persons in custody. Bridgebhushan has been booked by the Delhi police under various sections of the Indian Penal Code for allegedly sexually harassing women wrestlers under his charge while he was the president of the Wrestling Federation of India. The Karnataka High Court has passed an interim order staying further investigation in an FIR registered against BJP's IT cell chief Amit Malviya under sections 153A and 505 of the Indian Penal Code for his tweets on Congress leader Rahul Gandhi. The complaint referred to a June 17 tweet in which Malviya, among other things, allegedly called Gandhi dangerous and accused him of being controlled by anti-India forces. Local Congress leader Ramesh Babu had lodged an FIR against this tweet for allegedly promoting enmity between different groups. However, while temporarily staying the investigation, Justice M. Nagaprasanna of the Karnataka High Court observed that the tweet was against a leader of a political party and hence could not be regarded as against a group or class or as promoting enmity between such groups or classes so as to attract an offence under Section 153A of the Indian Penal Code. Recently, a graphic video from Manipur depicting two women being paraded naked and assaulted went viral, shocking the nation and bringing renewed attention to the allegations of human rights violations emerging from the state. The northeastern state of Manipur has been witnessing violent clashes between ethnic groups over a High Court order directing the government to consider including the Métis community in the list of scheduled tribes. This week, the Supreme Court took sumoto cognizance of the horrific video doing the rounds and asked both the centre and the Manipur governments to inform it 
of the steps taken to hold the perpetrators accountable as well as to prevent similar incidents in the future. Both governments have further been directed to take immediate steps, remedial, rehabilitative and preventive and to apprise the court of the action which has been taken before the next date of hearing. The bench led by Chief Justice D.Y. Chandrachur also noted and I quote, what is portrayed in the media would indicate gross constitutional violations and infractions of human rights. Using women as instruments for perpetrating violence is simply unacceptable in a constitutional democracy. In related news, the Supreme Court has granted four weeks interim protection from arrest to advocate Diksha Duvedi who is facing charges of sedition and conspiracy to wage war against India. She was booked by the Manipur police after she visited the state as a part of a three-member fact-finding team of the National Federation of Indian Women which is associated with the Communist Party of India and after coming back held a press conference allegedly declaring that the ethnic clashes in the state were the result of state-sponsored violence. This interim measure by the bench of Chief Justice Chandrachur was granted so that the young lawyer can approach the Manipur High Court for an appropriate remedy. The Supreme Court has also refused to interfere with an order of the Manipur High Court directing the state government to restore internet in a limited fashion in the state, which has seen a complete internet shutdown since May 3rd. However, the Apex Court has also granted liberty to the state of Manipur to approach the High Court to apprise it of any difficulty faced in implementing this order after Solicitor General Tushar Mehta shared misgivings that the internet might help fuel rumours that could then ignite riots and argued that the question of restoring the internet should be left to the discretion of those on ground. The Supreme Court has agreed to hear a plea by Congress leader Rahul Gandhi against the Gujarat High Court, refusing to grant a stay on his conviction and two-year jail term in a criminal defamation case over his Why All Thieves Have Modi surname remark. This led to the disqualification of this MP from Vayanad from the Lok Sabha. However, a bench headed by Justice B.R. Gawai refused to grant interim relief to Gandhi even after senior advocate Abhishek Manu Singhvi vehemently argued for an interim stay on the conviction. He informed the bench that the former MP has already lost over 120 working days in the last session as well as the ongoing monsoon session of the parliament. But the apex court refused to be swayed and said that this request could not be granted without hearing the parties first. The Supreme Court has agreed to hear the petitions filed by DMK leader and Tamil Nadu minister V. Senthil Balaji and his wife Meghala challenging the verdict of the Madras High Court holding that the Directorate of Enforcement was entitled to take him into custody in connection with the cash for jobs scam in the state. For more context, after Balaji was arrested, his wife had filed a habeas corpus petition in the Madras High Court a division bench of which delivered a split verdict with respect to the question of whether Palaji's arrest amounted to illegal detention. Last week, Justice C.V. Karthikeya, who was assigned by the Chief Justice of the High Court to resolve the split decision, settled the conflicting views by holding that the central agency was entitled to seek the custody of the minister. In light of this ruling, the Supreme Court has now issued notice in a batch of pleas over his arrest. 
The important issues are whether ED officers have the power to take an accused into police custody under Section 167 of the Code of Criminal Procedure and how the 15 days of remand allowed in the Anupam Kulkarni judgment would be calculated and whether the time that Senthil Balaji spent hospitalized during these first 15 days would be excluded. Civil rights activist Tisa Setalwad is currently under the scanner for allegedly fabricating evidence and instituting false proceedings in relation to the 2002 Gujarat riots conspiracy case. The Gujarat police filed an FIR against Setalwad as well as former civil servants R.B. Srikumar and Sanjeev Bhatt last year. In a major relief, the Supreme Court has now granted her bail and quashed an order of the Gujarat High Court directing her to surrender immediately. Not only this, the Apex Court took strong objection to the order passed by the single judge bench of the High Court and said that the observations made in that order were perverse and contradictory. This victory was however small-lived as one day after being granted bail, a city sessions court in Gujarat's Ahmedabad dismissed Setalwad's discharge application in relation to this fabrication case, holding that a prima facie case was made out, which means that now she will have to submit to a trial to determine her culpability. The petition filed by Delhi government challenging the Government of National Capital Territory Amendment Ordinance 2023, which sought to take away the powers of the Delhi government to control the civil servants operating within its jurisdiction, has now been referred to a five-judge bench of the Supreme Court. In a previous hearing, the bench headed by Chief Justice Chandrachur had noted that the issue whether the powers under Article 239AA7A of the Constitution could be invoked to create a law like this one, which has taken services out of the Delhi government's control, has not been considered in either of the Constitution bench judgments of 2018 and 2023 in the GNCTD vs Union of India cases and therefore decided to refer this matter to a Constitution bench. For context, this ordinance was promulgated in May. One week after another constitution bench of the Supreme Court delivered a crucial verdict confirming that the control over administrative services in the national capital, barring those related to public order, police and land, belong to the government of the national capital territory of Delhi. In a separate plea, the Delhi government has also challenged the constitutionality of Section 45D of the ordinance, which stipulates that notwithstanding anything in any other law, all authorities, boards, commissions and statutory bodies in and for NCTD shall be constituted by members appointed by the President of India. The list of bodies includes the Delhi Electricity Regulatory Commission or DERC and one of the points of contention is the appointment of former Allahabad High Court Judge Umesh Kumar as the DERC Chairperson. The Arvind Kejriwal-led Delhi government has alleged that this name was unilaterally proposed by the Lieutenant Governor of Delhi without the government's concurrence. This week, a bench headed by Chief Justice Chandrachur had urged the Delhi government and the LG to sit together and decide a name. But when this matter was taken up again later that week, the bench was informed that the deadlock could not be resolved. Saying that it cannot allow the DERC to remain headless, the Apex Court has said that it would appoint a chairperson as an ad hoc measure till the issue is finally decided. Om Roth's Adi Purush has not only sparked controversy but has also led to litigation in various high courts across the country. 
while hearing a batch of pleas praying for a ban on the public exhibition of the movie that is based on the Indian epic Ramayana, the Allahabad High Court had objected to what it said was a shameful and disgusting portrayal of religious icons such as Hindu gods Ram, Sita and Hanuman and sought the personal presence of movie director Om Roth, producer Bhushan Kumar and dialogue writer Manoj Muntashir Shukla. Against this order, the movie makers approached the top court, which has granted them interim relief by staying all ongoing high court proceedings. It has also agreed to hear both the plea against the Allahabad High Court's order requiring the movie makers' personal appearance in court, as well as a transfer petition seeking to transfer to itself proceedings in various high courts. Another public interest litigation was filed against Adi Purush, this time before the Supreme Court, seeking the revocation of the certificate granted by the Central Board of Film Certification. A bench headed by Justice Sanjay Kishan called dismissed the PIL, stating that it was inappropriate for the Supreme Court to interfere with film certifications based on the sensitivities of each individual. During the brief admission hearing, the court also lamented that the level of tolerance for films, books and paintings keeps on decreasing. Justice Call orally remarked, everybody now is touchy about everything. Do you agree with the Apex Court's take on PIL seeking a ban on movies, books and paintings? Why or why not? Let me know in the comments below. At the behest of the Bar Council of India, the Supreme Court has transferred to itself all petitions pending in the High Courts of Kerala, Madras and Bombay, challenging the enrollment fee charged by State Bar Councils. In previous hearings, the Chief Justice-led bench had expressed its concerns over the amount charged by State Bar Councils for the enrollment of prospective advocates. While the Madras and Bombay High Courts have issued notice in petitions challenging the enrollment fees, the Kerala High Court has already directed the Bar Council of Kerala to collect only Rs 750 from law graduates wishing to enroll till the Bar Council of India comes up with a uniform fee structure. The Supreme Court has refused to entertain a plea filed by an advocate against stand-up comedian Anubhav Singh Bassi, alleging that he has humiliated advocates and the judicial system in his stand-up special, Baskar Bassi. A bench headed by Justice S.K. Kaul expressed its displeasure that such a frivolous petition was filed by an advocate. Justice Kaul told the counsel, I think there are better things for you to do than this. The Supreme Court has stayed the order of the Port Blair bench of the Calcutta High Court, which had imposed a cost of rupees 100 crores on the National Highways and Infrastructure Development Corporation Limited for failing to repair the National Highway 4 in North and Middle Andaman in a timely manner. Although the bench headed by Chief Justice D.Y. Chandratu stayed the order of the High Court, it said that it would definitely hold the government company run by the Ministry of Road, Transport and Highways accountable. As such, it directed NHIDCR to file a comprehensive status report indicating the status of the repairs carried on in NH4 and the time period required for completely repairing the highway. Less than a week after the death of the 8th cheetah translocated to Madhya Pradesh's Kuno National Park from the African continent, the centre told the Supreme Court of India that the death of 50% of the cheetahs was not alarming and actually anticipated. Aishwarya Bhati, Additional Solicitor General, was responding to a query by the bench regarding the death of almost 40% of the cheetahs brought to India. The bench adjourned the hearing after seeking a comprehensive status report from the central government, which would include the suggestions of the court-constituted expert committee. 
We have come to an end of this episode. But before we go, I have a small appeal from the team here at LiveLaw. We are an independent, fact-driven media organization that is committed to fearless and ethical journalism. And in order to survive and keep bringing you your daily and weekly doses of legal news, especially in an audiovisual format, we need your support. Therefore, don't forget to do the six things we always ask you to do. Like our video, share it with your family, friends, classmates and colleagues. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Comment your thoughts and feedback below. Hit the bell icon to turn on your notifications. And finally, visit our website www.livelaw.in to read our detailed reports. I'm your host, Ostika Das, and I will see you again next time.